Go live to RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. Here's Coach Campy and the voice of the Golden Grizzlies, Neil Rule. Another episode of the Greg and Campy Show. We are live here at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Of course, he is the coach, Greg Campy. Uh, Camp, how you doing, man? Just glad to be here. Sorry I missed last week, but I heard Smitty was way better than I am anyway, so that was... That's why I sent him on the road tonight. He's, he's out west somewhere. <laughs> you eliminated the threat. Huh, eliminated the threat, right. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, no, got a good uh, got a road trip to talk about here, a trip to Wisconsin, the first Horizon League team to get a victory in the state of Wisconsin. The rest of the Horizon League now 1-10 in, in, in games at Wisconsin. And camp, we talk about this all the time, every single year. The story never changes. It's it's the hardest trip in the Horizon League. Uh, it is. It is. There's a lot of reasons for that. One is just to get there. Uh, now, we've taken care of that. We charter there. So, you know, that gives us a real advantage and maybe even part of why we were able to win a double overtime game on the last day of the trip. Uh, the fact that we weren't on a bus for six hours and then four hours, you know. Um, so that, that probably had a lot to do with it. But I also think that um, those two teams are really good. Um, I think Milwaukee, is at the end of the season, when you get into tournament time, I think you got to look at Milwaukee because uh, their bigs are getting better. And they're a team, like many teams in this day and age of the transfer portal, they're a team that's growing uh, as the season goes on. you got players playing together for the first time. And I, you know, they're very talented offensively. Uh, hard to, it's hard, you know, we, we did a hell of a job on Freeman. Um, he had seven points and I think four of those seven came into overtimes and but you know Polian hurt us and and that that big kid was just uh I can't think of his name Fields maybe 22 yes he was a man um he 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 didn't play like that the first time we played him and I haven't seen much of that on film from him um so he's growing and getting better and and so that that's a team that scares me a little bit as we get later into the season I think they have a chance to be really really good and Green Bay's on a high right now. They're playing really well. They've got a great player, but they've got a couple kids that can really shoot it. Um, and we, they had two guys go nine for ten from the three against us. And, That's tough. And, uh, you know, the, that game, you know, I, I blame myself a lot. For, I made a, a couple of tactical errors late in that game, and I think that hurt our team. Um, you know, six, 50 to 50 with five minutes to go. We were in a position that we need to be in. We've won every close game, and and uh, we changed, you know, I went man, and it wasn't so much that we went man. I think we went, did it a little too early, but they had just banked one in, and then they had gotten an open look, and a guy that hadn't made one all night made one. And Rocket came down and made a really nice play, got us back even, and I thought, okay, let's throw something different at him. And basically what happened is their great player took us to the rack and scored, and he, had, he only had eight points in the game, and four of those came in this run. Um, what I should have done if I had experience – uh, was kicked the field goal? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We'll no. talk about that later. <laughs> no. Um, what I should have done, done was after the second possession, um, we should have gone back to the zone. And, and you know, that's an error on me, and I feel bad and uh, hurt our team. And, and you never want to say that as a coach. Um, now, obviously, if we'd have made a couple shots during that run, it could have changed it too. But um, in, in our league, with everybody bunched together like that, I – I don't think you're going to win every game, and there's reasons you lose some. And, and we were on a streak. We won six in a row going into that. We didn't, weren't able to win. And 
the big thing is that we came back and one loss didn't become two. And, and that's not – that's all on our players. They, they just did an unbelievable job in that game. The, you know, uh, we, we saw Goki get hot and be the Goki we need to win a championship. We saw Baru get extended minutes uh, for the first time since the summer and uh, showed what he could do. And, you know, Lampman made some big shots. Trey had a really tough shooting night. I've never seen him miss so many point-blank shots, but he made every free throw. You know, so he didn't let the fact that, you know, he, I mean, he, we ran this little play against the zone and he broke op so open, I don't think he could believe he was that open and he missed the point-blank layup at a critical time. And you don't see that from him very often. He could have pouted and, and, and he didn't. He came down, we threw it into him, he got fouled, he made two free throws on the next possession. So, you know, they're doing things that you have to do to win close games. We've won every close game that we've played that got into the last two minutes of a game where it was a one-possession game. We've won those games in the league. And if we continue to do that with that kind of toughness and that kind of confidence in themselves and belief in themselves, no matter what's happening, you know, we're going to be a tough out. Uh, the Greg Campy Show is brought to you by Henry Ford Sports Medicine, the official team physicians for Oakland University and you. For more info, visit henryford.com backslash athlete. Remember, you can get involved with the show as well. Send us a tweet with the hashtag AskCampy. Uh, coming up in about 25 minutes or so, we will read all those. Anything you got, Coach Campy is, uh, is open for. He's down to talk about it, and there are questions filing in. Already. I just started yelling at somebody in the audience that comes every game. Every awesome, every yeah, yeah giving Austin we, a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, giving Austin a hard time. It, this will probably be his last, his last radio show. show yeah. <laughs> That'll be another huge crowd out here as well. The uh, the Oakland Golden Grizzlies uh, or the Oakland University Journalism Department. Gary Gilbert's class is here tonight as well. Uh, so welcome to them. Good to have you guys out here. But uh, we, we are doing it here on 1270 AM, the your home for Golden Grizzlies basketball. But, Camp, you mentioned it. Uh, you, you talked about Blake Lampman. Uh, good trip for Blake Lamb. He made 10 threes in the two games. And, you know, as, as far as Blake goes, because certainly, you know, Jack exploded in that game against Milwaukee. We just got to bring about 50 or 100 of his family members to every game. And uh, he'll, he'll do that exact same thing. But between the two of them, 18 threes in the two games. You like that? Yeah, and that's what we built this team on. We, You know, at the beginning of the year before Blake got hurt in the first two games, you know, one of the things that as you script up your season and we got back from the summer, you know, I wanted Jack to shoot 15 threes a game. I wanted Blake to shoot 10 threes a game. And we weren't sure what was happening at the point guard position. And one of the reasons Blake might not be getting as many was because I thought he was going to have the ball in his hands more. And uh, so that was kind of the plan and it was going that way. And then we lost Blake for six or seven games. And, you know, the, the team started to morph us in a different way and, and, you have your ebbs and flows during the season, but as we get now into February, I, you know, I feel pretty confident that, that we're back to, you know, what our identity would be, and that is if you're going to double the post and try and take Trey and Chris out of the game, you know, we're going to shoot a lot of threes. We shot 41 threes against Milwaukee, and, and Milwaukee played zone, and they don't play zone because they weren't going to let Trey beat them. Uh, that's what Green Bay did. Um, and I think, you know, Green Bay beat us, so everybody in the league is going to look at, well, what they do and how come Townsend only had whatever, you know, eight or ten or whatever he had. And that's what teams are going to do to us. And and now we've given them thought for, you know, Blake with with five and Jack with eight. And, you know, they're going to have to make a decision. And, and so with, we, think, we think we're built for anything. We think we're built 
that we can play fast. We think we're built that we can play slow. We think we're built that on a bad de uh, offensive night uh, we can still win. And we think we can beat you in a shootout. The only the only thing that scares me is I think we turned the ball too much. Turn we turned the ball over too much in the first half, and then the nights that for some reason we don't rebound, those are the nights that scare me. Uh, speaking of rebounding, and a guy who will uh, join us here on the Greg Campy Show as well, Baru Neva Larua, uh, 17 rebounds in the game at Milwaukee. I mean, it just and look, it was a game camp where Milwaukee's bigs were they they were punishing us. I mean, that 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 that's a fair way to say it. And then Baru comes in the game and changes the entire tenor of all of that with a couple of big-time blocks and uh, just went on a rebounding spree. Yeah, and the rebounding is, is we know he can do that. You know, as he grows as a player, as he gets better, as he gets stronger, one of the things he's got to, to learn, and he's here, and he's hearing me say this, but he's heard it a lot in practices, he's just got to get stronger in his arms and his hands. And when, his, when he can get to balls that nobody else can get to. Now, can he hold on to him when he gets there? You see that from DQ a lot, too. You know, he gets to a ball, but then it can't quite come down with it. And Baru is learning that, too. And as big and strong as he is, is once that becomes natural for him, you know, he's going to get the balls that nobody in our league can get to. And he's going to have a lot of rebounding nights like that. And as his career progresses where he's playing, you know, 30 to 33 minutes a game in the future, He's going. It would not surprise me that he's like Jamal Cain and averages a double double. I I really believe he's that type of player and that type of potential. And he knows I feel that way, and I think he feels that way. It's just you know he's got to get you know just got to go through the process and let the process take care of itself and get stronger and get a little meaner. You know, get him a little meaner. He's he's a really good kid and a really nice guy, but sometimes you just got to get a little meaner. Uh -huh. I think he will. Uh, you talk about the process camp. The uh, Horizon League standings right now certainly are, are in process as well. Uh, you guys, Youngstown State and Green Bay, all sitting towards the top of the table. Everybody with three losses. Green Bay's played one more game, so they have one more win. But this is about what we thought, right? You, you, you have basically Green Bay, Youngstown State, and Oakland with three losses, and there's Wright State. Here comes old Wright State, by the way, uh, as, oh, yeah. as, as, we, as we figured oh, yeah. would be the case. Those are your top four seeds right there, all within pretty much a half a game of each other. Yeah, and I, like I've said over and over again this year, I, many, many years ago I coached – I was an assistant coach at the University of Toledo, and, and uh, the league ended in a five-way tie for first. So I, I, I've seen this before. Difference then was the MAC holds their tournament all in one spot, where you know, you okay, you finish first, but you're the fifth seed, right? Where now, if you finish first and you're the fifth seed, you're going to have to go on the road, and so you we can't be in that position. And tiebreakers are going to mean the world. And right now we're sitting really good um, with Youngstown, the three teams with three losses, worth uh, three and one against those three teams. Now, Youngstown and, and Green Bay haven't played, so Green Bay is 1-1 one and, one and Youngstown's 0-2. But they're going to play twice. We d we're not going to play either one of them again. So we have to play Wright State twice. We have to, at the minimum, of split with that. And if we do, then we put ourselves in a position where we'll win almost every tiebreaker there is. If, as Milwaukee with five losses, if they do what I think they're capable of doing and getting better, we're 2-0 against them, too, which is really going to play in the tiebreakers. The Cleveland State game is going to be unbelievably important for us because they beat us. 
Right. And so we can't be 0-2 against somebody. That will hurt us in the tiebreaker. So as you look at those games, I'm not even worried about who's first or who's second right now. I'm just worried about we've got to put ourselves in a position that we have a home game. Once I know we've got that, then I'm going to worry about where we finish. And uh, obviously the players and the staff and everybody wants the ring for winning the regular season, and, and that's what we aspire to do. But we do know that our number one goal is the tournament and being seated in a position that you can get to Indianapolis and win that thing. And so that's got to be the main focus right now. And the only way to do that is take them one at a time. No, no doubt. Speaking of one at a time, back in the arena on Thursday night, Robert Morris will be in town. Love to see everybody out there at the arena. Go to goldengrizzlies.com, get your tickets to that. And uh, camp, you know, we, we've seen the crowds, you know, grow and grow and grow, and the environment gets louder and louder and louder, and now we're coming down the stretch. Yeah, and I've seen recently, I've seen some video from a few years ago, and, and man, I'd like to get back to that. Yeah. You know, I'd like to get back to where we were pre-pandemic with the student crowd and all that kind of stuff. And hopefully this is an exciting team that can make plays and, we're, you know, things are going pretty good for us. So hopefully, you know, we can, we can have that type of crowd Thursday and Saturday. I, I know this. What I just told you scares me is the, re, you know, a bad rebounding night. Robert Morris, the best rebounding team in our league. And I, I was unaware of that until I started watching. I haven't paid a lot of attention to them because – we haven't played them. We yeah. haven't played them, and they were so far down the schedule before they and Wright State, you know, are in the second half of the season. So I hadn't really paid attention to those two teams. And uh, I've put a lot of attention into them since Saturday night, and they 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 rebound. God darn, they go to the glass and they rebound, and they're, they're, they can shoot the three and all the things that could beat you, they're capable of doing. And they, they had a three-game winning streak snapped in the, because they missed a free throw against Cleveland State. They kid makes a free throw they probably win the game and and I think they lost it well maybe even in overtime but it was a two point two point loss I think so yeah and they and as you said they have climbed the standings too they're up to four and six right now and just to give you some flavor on that Cleveland State six and five there's a bunch of teams in between that right so there. I mean it could be a seven-way tie it could be a one team in first and a five-way tie for second I mean you, a lot of there are a lot of very important games have to be played as I said Youngstown's got to go up to Wisconsin uh, Northern Kentucky's got to go up to Wisconsin. Uh, Oakland, Cleveland State have already been up there, so, you know, that's kind of bodes well for us, the fact that we got that win. And, um, but we still have – I mean, we've got a three-game road span of Northern Kentucky, Wright State, and Fort Wayne back-to-back-to-back. So there's a lot of, a lot of tough games out there, and it's, it's, you can't look forward to that. you just got to play them one at a time. If, if you look, start looking forward, that's when you, one loss becomes two. Uh, Camp, I did want to touch on this with you before we get Baru in here and get to our first break of the night. Uh, Trey, you, you brought up Trey in, in Milwaukee. It's just sight unseen. As soon as he touches the ball, boom, two, two are running at him. And that's pretty much been the story the entire league play. How, how big was that when you look at Blake and you, and you look at Jack to, to maybe get Trey a little bit of breathing room to know that if you just sight unseen run that double team at him, you could pay a price? Well, yeah, and we've just got to make shots. And, and the one thing I keep telling you know, people that I'm close to and friends that, you know, text me and call me after games and that is, you know, we're sitting up there in a pretty good position, and I don't think we've even come close to playing how we're capable yeah. of playing in an, an Horizon League game. I, you know, you look at the Xavier game, you look at the Ohio State game, you look at Illinois game, and the way we confidently shot the ball and the way we played and the way we rebounded, we just haven't seen the total game yet, and we're winning. 
and we're winning because of toughness. We're winning because we've got great kids that want to win, and they figure out how to win, and they stick with the game plan. They're coachable, and they make plays down the stretch, and that's why we're winning close games. One of these days, the light's going to come on, and we're going to start making shots, and when we get an eight-point lead, it's going to go to 14, and when it gets to 14, it's going to go to 20. You know, I watched Youngstown, Northern Kentucky the other day, and uh, yesterday it was, I think, and, and Northern Kentucky, Kentucky comes out and makes five or six shots to start the game, and they're ahead by eight, and Youngstown's playing at home, and they, they catch up. They go up six, and then they go up 10, and then they go up 20, and then they go up 30, you know, against a really good team. And, and you know, they they played their A, a game. And we haven't done that yet. And so I'm waiting for that because I, I you know, the, the ball going in is, is it, it's contagious, right? And now that Jack's made a few shots and he's feeling better about himself and Blake, and then you see DQ make some, and then maybe Rocket can get going with a few. And, and you know, you start seeing the ball go in, um, that's when you take an eight-point lead to 25. And, and we need to do that. We have not done that other than at, at IUPUI. It's the only time we've done it all year. All right, when we come back, we'll be joined by a guy that certainly had his A-game Saturday in Milwaukee. Baru Neva-Larua will join us when we come back. Make sure you get those questions in with the hashtag Ask Campy. We'll be back with more of the Greg Campy Show. We're live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. They say consistency is the key to success. They weren't wrong. So how about grabbing a beer that's consistently smooth, consistently refreshing, and consistently light? You might just find that the road to success can be pretty enjoyable. Michelob Ultra, the perfect balance of taste and refreshment and only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. You don't have to play for the Pistons to be treated by the same doctors who keep the team at their best. I can't dunk in size 18 sneakers, but I can play 18 holes. I don't box out defenders in mesh shorts, but my hip is back in the game. I'm not a piston, but I'm running on all cylinders after back surgery. I am Henry. I am Henry. Henry Ford Health, official team physicians of the Detroit Pistons. And you. Visit henryford.com slash team docs. With OU Credit Union's Visa Signature Credit Card, you'll enjoy more cash back on the things you buy most. Receive 3% cash back on groceries, 2% cash back on gas, travel, and universities, and 1% cash back on everything else. You'll also receive $100 when you spend $5,000 within the first three months of card approval. Open your Visa Signature Card today at OUCreditUnion.org and start enjoying the benefits of more cash back. Full details at OUCreditUnion.org. They say one great thing leads to another. And that's especially true when you visit a Great Clips salon. When you sit down for a haircut with the skilled and friendly stylist at one of our thousands of convenient Great Clips locations, they'll not only make your hair look great, they'll make you feel great too. And that's something you can't help but share with the world. Download our online check-in app today and opt in to get a ready next text when you're up next. Great Clips. It's going to be great. Rochester Hills. It is the Greg Campy Show. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. And right now, as promised, we're joined by a guy. When we talked about the A game, he brought his A game on Saturday. Baru Navalarua, our guest here on the Greg Campy Show. And uh, Baru, appreciate the time. How, how you feeling, man? I know you're feeling pretty good after Saturday. I mean, yeah, it's always good to get a road win. Um, 
I can't be said we were the first team to do it in Wisconsin. Um, so feeling pretty good right now. Absolutely. And, and if you can tell, Baru is from a, a native of Australia, born in Australia, grew up in Fiji. And, and Baru, before we get on the basketball floor, I want to talk about that a little bit. Your, your family, you know, your family history, you kind of moved around a little bit uh, when you were younger. As you said, you were born in Australia. You grew up in Fiji, ended up back in Australia. Kind of, t- kind of take us through that. Yeah, so my parents are both native to Fiji, and uh, they spent their entire lives there for the most part, or at least my dad did. My mom moved to Australia when she was 18. Um, My auntie actually moved her over there. She had thought it was going to be for a holiday for a short time, and then my auntie basically told her, look, no, you're not doing that. You're going to get a job. You're going to get your visa. You're going to work to have a better life for you and your kids, and that's what she did. She ended up having uh, six of us all up and I'm the youngest so it was uh, pretty easy for me growing up Um, my older siblings and my mom always did a really good job of uh, you know making sure I had everything and even though we did struggle at times uh, I always had everything that I needed because of them so um, having them in my life has helped me a lot Um, early on like you said I spent some time in Fiji as well and you know when you're there um, as much as I did like it, I, I loved my time in Fiji when I was a kid. It's a very, very community-based um, island. Everyone knows each other. Everyone's kids hang out with each other. Every morning I'd wake up, I'd walk past someone's house, and they'd just invite me in for breakfast. Like, that's how things were. So it was like a real community. Huh? Yeah, like, yeah. they really just, everyone knew everyone. Everyone was okay with sharing with everyone, and, you know, that's how it is. But it's that way because life over there can get, pretty tough um we didn't have hot water a lot of the time like i remember taking a bath by boiling like water over a fire and then putting it into a a tub waiting for it to cool down for a bit and then jumping in that to wash myself basically and that's how it was so going from that and then going back home and you know just really realizing how much uh sacrifice my mom paid for me to be in the position i am now it's it was something that I look back on a lot and, and appreciate. Brew, tell us about, I mean, in Australia, basketball. You know, basketball is, is a bigger thing in Australia probably than, than people even even realize. How did, how did you end up on the basketball floor? Yeah, I actually um, started out playing rugby, and I did that for nine years, I think, from six to about 15 when I finally stopped. So um, you were a beast then because rugby, rugby guys are built different, man. That is a different game. Uh, yeah, look, a lot of people say that a lot, but uh, it's just what you did. There's a cultural thing. I mean, in Fiji and Australia, too, rugby's huge, like really, really big. I grew up my whole life wanting to be a rugby star and play for Fiji and uh, represent Australia, win a gold medal at the Olympics, do all those sorts of things. And funnily enough, I did none of that with rugby and decided to play basketball <laughs> instead. But um, I actually started because my high school coach my high school basketball coach saw me walking in the hallway one day and um he basically just told me you're really tall and i've seen you play rugby and you're pretty athletic do you want to give it a go and i was like yeah sure why not uh played one game was horrible really bad but um (laughs) but um tough crowd here by tonight though baru yeah (laughs) <laughs> the two things I 
have always been pretty good at it, rebounding and blocking shots. And even though I couldn't score or dribble or do anything else, I could do those things really well. And I enjoyed the whole learning process behind it as well. And just knowing that there was so much that I had to explore and learn and, and get better at sort of drew me towards it. And I found myself through the weeks being drawn more and more towards basketball. And eventually it just ripped me away from playing rugby. The Greg Campy Show is brought to you by the Pino Insurance Agency, LLC of Mimic Insurance. They cater to the educational market. If you're looking for affordable insurance and a knowledgeable insurance agency, go online to pinoinsurance.com today. That's P-I-N-O insurance.com today. Well, fast forward to uh, last Saturday, as a matter of fact, just a couple days ago. Um, Brew, and you and you heard me kind of give my assessment of that game against Milwaukee where their their bigs were – we're kind of having their way with us a little bit during during the uh, beginning stages of that game into the middle stages uh, of that game. Um, you came in there and you and you changed that, Baru. Like you you came in there and, and you came in there with an attitude that you know no matter what size they were going to be, you were going to go right at them, and and you did go right at them and blocking shots, just a couple of electric electric. Uh, block shots that that really changed the momentum of the basketball game you finished with with 17 rebounds five blocks and eight points in 35 minutes of play just what about that mentality Baru because I I do believe that that you single-handedly changed that basketball game as far as the interior goes around the basket with the way you were able to block those shots what what do you what do you like better scoring or blocking a shot um as much as I'd like to say blocking shots, I think I like seeing the ball go in the basket a little bit more. Oh, yeah, I mean, we're all human, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, getting a nice block is is always nice. Like the feeling of just rejecting someone at the rim or sending shots out of bounds is, is a good feeling too. It, because I see you do it, and, and you're Baru. Like, you know, you're, you're not overly emotional when you're out there on the floor. I don't, I don't really know what you're thinking or anything like that. You go and like a huge moment in that game, and, and you send a shot back. You send it back with force, man. Like you, you know, you really did a number, and you just kind of turn around and you wait for the ball to be inbounded and everything like that. You, you don't seem to get overly emotional out there, do you? Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, play to play, none of it really matters if we lose. So up until we win, I'll just save the celebrating until then. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, but again, uh, seven offensive rebounds. Tell me about the process of offensive rebounding. What what is it like for you? I mean, for me, a lot of it just goes towards knowing my teammates and uh, how they're doing on the day and how they miss practice. Just I mean, how they miss shots generally. Um, and I know Trey, uh, like Coach said, wasn't having the best shooting night, but I also know Trey's a a really big, strong kid, so. Whenever he's around the basket, he's never, ever going to miss short. So as long as I'm on the other side, the ball is probably going to come to me by itself. I won't have to do a whole lot. And like I said, again, we have a lot of shooters, and he stressed a lot about the ball going to the nail. So this game, I just thought, why not just sprint there and see what happens? And you know, it turns out he was right on, on the last rebound of regulation that I kicked back out to Jack. The ball flew straight to the nail, and I just happened to be there and kicked it to Jack, and he made a big shot. Uh, the nail was coach campy the first one of your coaches that that used that terminology the nail uh not the nail but he was the first coach i ever had that said that the ball is just going to be there so if you find yourself there you might get a rebound and, and that's and that's the way that's the way that it's worked out it's kind of an older term i'll let coach campy explain it when he comes uh comes back up here uh this basketball team baru uh coach campy brought up the fact that you guys can win a game 195 
you guys can win a game 59 to 55, anywhere in between. Is, is, that, is that kind of this team's identity, that you can do it any way that you want to do it? Yeah, I'd say that's exactly who we are, and, and a lot of that comes back to just how much we, we get along and how much we love each other. Like, we will never go into games and into these late-game situations and, you know, let the guy next to us down. It's always going to be, you know, tooth and nail up until the buzzer sounds, and I think the game against Milwaukee showed just that. We were We were down by... I think 11 with four minutes to go in the half and we came back from that to take the lead or tie it up. I can't remember just now, but again, towards the end of regulation, we were down and uh, Jack made some big shots for us. Blake made some big shots for us. The same thing with our first overtime. We found ourselves in a position again where we were down and you know, once again, Jack came to the rescue and hit a big shot for us and we got into that second overtime and by then it was just a battle of who wants it more and, and in the end, we did. So. Well, I, and I actually want to back up. This will be the final question. Barun, we'll let you get on your way here on, on the Monday night. But rebounding, because you talk about technique and, and you talk about the skill of rebounding and knowing the misses and knowing where you guys are going to miss. How much of rebounding is that versus how much of it is, is want to? How much of it is wanting the basketball more than the other person? I mean, as much as, you know, knowing where the ball is going to be helps, at the end of the day, if you don't want to grab it more than the other guy, then it means nothing like I could be in the right position every single time, but if the guy there just happens to want it more than me or is tougher than me in the moment, then he'll rip it out of my hands every time. So I think the biggest thing to rebounding really is just um, how tough you want to be, how much you want it, how badly you want to end the possession on, on defense or, or give your team another chance on offense. So. Well, 17 times on Saturday, you wanted it more than everybody else on the floor, man. We certainly do appreciate your time here today. That was a great game. We're looking forward to more of it, Baru. Thanks, man. Yeah, no worries. Absolutely. There he is. That's right. Baru Nevalarua, everybody, here on the Greg Campy Show. And when we come back, it'll be time for Ask Campy. So get those Twitter questions with hashtag Ask Campy. We'll be back with more of the Greg Campy Show. We're live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. Fires, burst pipes, mold, or extreme weather impact your home or business. Belfour Property Restoration has your back. No matter the property damage emergency, Belfour is ready to respond. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year to clean up the damage and restore your property so you can start rebuilding faster. Belfour Property Restoration, restoring more than property. To find your local Belfour office, visit belfor.com. That's belfor.com to learn more. Here in Michigan, we're used to keeping ourselves busy all winter long. Whether that's enjoying mugs of hot chocolate by the fireplace or a late night of movie watching. And at DTE, we want to help keep that winter fun going while saving you money. With our online interactive home, you can find ways to save throughout yours, from your kitchen to your living room. Stay cozy and save. Head to DTEinteractivehome.com today. DTE. You don't have to play for the Pistons to be treated by the same doctors who keep the team at their best. I can't dunk in size 18 sneakers, but I can play 18 holes. I don't box out defenders in mesh shorts, but my hip is back in the game. I'm not a Piston, but I'm running on all cylinders after back surgery. I am Henry. I am Henry. Henry Ford Health, official team physicians of the Detroit Pistons. And you. Visit henryford.com slash team docs. 
With OU Credit Union's Visa Signature Credit Card, you'll enjoy more cash back on the things you buy most. Receive 3% cash back on groceries, 2% cash back on gas, travel, and universities, and 1% cash back on everything else. You'll also receive $100 when you spend $5,000 within the first three months of card approval. Open your Visa Signature Card today at OUCreditUnion.org and start enjoying the benefits of more cash back. Full details at OUCreditUnion.org. Welcome back to the Greg Campy Show. We are live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. He is the coach, Greg Campy. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Happy to have you with us. It's just about time for the Ask Campy segment of the show. What do you got, Camp? The week you were gone. Yes. Every time we came back from commercial, people applauded. Did they? You're back, and I don't know if it's you or they're tired of you or what. Oh, yeah, see that? Yeah. They got my back, Camp. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They got my back. They know They know that uh, you can support local dairy farmers, too, by choosing award-winning Prairie Farms dairy <laughs> products. Visit prairiefarms.com for coupons and recipes. Prairie Farms celebrating 85 years of feeding America's families. Back to the cows. Yeah, <laughs> Happy cows, Camp. Happy right. cows. Um, you ready for the Ask Campy portion? Sure. All right, here we go. Pittsburgh Marty will lead things off. Uh, hashtag Ask Campy. Congrats on being the first team to win in the Horizon League in Wisconsin as you roll into the second half of league play. Do you focus more on refining, perfecting what you do well or adding wrinkles to the offensive and defensive schemes, quick hitters, variations, etc.? You can always count on Marty to give us a good one, right? Uh, absolutely. Nice and easy to ease in. Not a why did you kick a field goal. We'll get to that one yeah. later. Um, you know, Marty, basically what we do is we hold a lot back as the season goes on because the, the, the key games are in March, obviously, and there's, there's going to be, you know, you're playing a team for a third time and you're going to know each other. In many cases, you've played the same coach for, you know, 35 times and, and you know what they do and people know what we do. And so we always try and save a few things tomorrow's practice. Uh, we're going to put, uh, you know, work today and figured out how I'm going to do this, but we're going to put four new little quick hitters in. Um, just because by now we know what works. We keep the analytics on everything. We know exactly how many times this year we've run this and done this, and if the ball reversed sides, if it didn't reverse sides, if somebody touched it, who, you know, who's on the floor when this play works. If we've run, if we, let's say we've run choice go 37 times and 23 of those times, Rocket Watts had the ball, and 10 times uh, Blake had it, and five times DQ had it. That probably doesn't add up to 37. But we know who was the most successful guy at running the play. We know who – we know everything. So as we get deeper into the season, and I've said this many times, and I say it to my team all the time, erosion is what kills your team. So you, you think you're good at something, and so you go away from working on those things because you want to get better at something else, and then all of a sudden you're not good at that anymore anyways because, uh, like I said the other night after the Green Bay game, we ran a play to Jack, and early in the year Jack made this shot more than anybody I've ever coached made it. And then Jack had a, you know some tough times, so we didn't run it as much. We go back and run it the other night, and we don't set the screen to get him open. And that's what I'm talking about, erosion. That's not on the players. That's on me because we hadn't run that in practice. We, had, we hadn't run... We call it uh, bunch 43. We hadn't run bunch 43 in practice in three weeks. So I call it in the game and we don't run it right. That's on me. So it's our job that in practices, because we, we, our practices now, actual practice time are only 35 to 45 minutes now. 
Um, we're out there longer than that because we stretch, because we watch video, film, uh, we talk a lot. Um, but the actual practice time is 35 to 45 minutes. So now it's on the coaching staff to make sure we hit the things so that we don't erode in what we do good. And then the biggest part of our practices now are how are we going to guard what a team we're going to play does. And that's the key because you're, we're going to win. This team's going to win with defense. So we have to we have to work on our defense and not let what we do well erode. Uh, we had one for Baru here that snuck in at the beginning. So, I'll, Baru, I'll ask you just real quick. This comes from the nightcapper. Uh, hey, guys, wishing you all good health in the new year. Checking in for my bachelor pad in Miami. Okay, sounds like a Jack, one of Jack Golke's friends. Uh, this one is for Baru. Or Jamal Kane. Yeah, or Jamal Kane, exactly. Um, he won an, an all-time Australian starting five. Who, who was your favorite Australian player of all time? Patty Mills. And I was going to say that, that's probably that's a everybody's. Good one. That's everybody's favorite Australian player. I so. never meant that guy, but he must be a hell of a guy because anybody from Australia talks about that guy. Yeah, they, they absolutely do. He said, uh, being transparent in my all-time starting five, I have you plugged in at the number four spot after that, after that performance in Milwaukee. So you're climbing the ranks, Baru. There, there is let's, that one for let's you. Let's look at that up to two. Yeah, <laughs> uh, absolutely. Uh, Horizon Man has a question. Ask Campy, has there been any update or progress made on the practice facility? Do you anticipate it being similar to Milwaukee that you were in in the past weekend? Well, we're actually, you know, we're, we're past the planning stage. We're in the budget stage. Uh, we meet every Friday on it. Uh, we have either a Zoom call or on-campus uh, hour meeting every Friday. Um, the construction company, the planners, the designs people have been unbelievable, allowing myself and our women's program to to input what we want and they're coming back and everything's great the only problem is is you know I, I was the chairman of the guy that built the arena so you know I lived through everything we went through this phase and we came back we had 32 million dollars at that time and when we came back to the meeting afterwards to say okay here it is well this is going to cost 52 million so we had to go to work yeah. project engineer was a new word I learned um, 20 million dollars out of that so I'm waiting for them to come back now and say okay this is going to cost this this is what we have and how are we going to project engineer out of this I will say this everything I've told them and our women's site agrees with me is we want the playing surface the locker rooms and lounge and all that stuff is the priority for me. Everything for the players in this is the priority so that they want to be there all the time. I don't need an office. I told them I'll sit on a folding, folding chair. I don't care about that. I need a film room. I need a playing area, and I need my players to love being in the situation. And, and I think they, they're taking that, and our goal is to be practicing in there by Christmas of next year and uh, – and then the whole thing by the end of when the, the, the next, the 2025 class reports in June that we're fully in it. So by, we're hoping by Christmas of next year we'll be, actually be able to practice on the floor. Uh, Giovanni Moscheri actually has two. One was for Baru, and I, I asked him about this before during the commercial break. said, how high can you jump? I've heard legends that you jumped higher than the highest measurement. Do you have a number for it, or are we keeping it a secret? And Giovanni, I was told to tell you that uh, they, did, they did testing. The test mark went up to 42 inches. Baru was above that, so he was, in fact, off the charts. His vertical is off the charts. So Kay Felder was off our charts at the time when he was here, too, and then when he went to the uh, – 
combine. combine in Chicago. He actually, at that time, now I understand it's been broken, but at that time he had the highest vertical jump of any player that was ever at the combine. It's, He's it's third still now. stands as third, yeah. Yeah, so, Baru, you keep working, keep getting 17 rebounds. We can get you to Chicago in three years, and uh, maybe you can break that record. Uh, he also wanted to know, why is it so hard for the whole league to win in Wisconsin? Is it just both teams are good this year? What's the story on that? It's mostly that, but it's also the trip. I mean, it's it's just such a long trip compared to everybody else. Back in the day when we were in the Summit League, everybody was that far, right? Yeah. So it was commonplace to, you know, you go to South Dakota, and then you have to go to South Dakota State, and then you have to go to North Dakota State, and then you have to go to Kansas City. You were used to that. Here you get on a bus at Cleveland State and go to Youngstown, right? And then Cleveland State goes to Robert Morris, and it's two hours. It's one hour. Northern Kentucky goes to uh, Wright State. We go to Detroit. We go to Dayton in, you know, three hours. You know, up there, I mean, you're going forever, it seems like. And and uh, that's why I'm saying I think us chartering up there had a lot to do with the win. I just it, it made it an easier trip. We got home, and it's going to make this week easier because, you know, I was home by in my house by 10 o'clock Sunday night. Yeah. You know, that's a big deal. Uh, also here with the hashtag Ask Campy, a couple more minutes here for you to get your questions in if you got something that you want to know. Uh, MDFun89 Ask Campy, as fans of our program, when should we start rooting for the team down the road so they have a, a win? Uh, then they have a win in the second half in the field goals uh, on the last day of the season. Not quite sure what he was trying to say there. Do you want them to win or no before they play us? Yes. Yeah, I would like them to win every game they play before they play us because that's going to help us in the league standings. Um, I actually talked with Mike this weekend, just, you know, tried to give him some encouragement. Not because I want him to win every game, just because I, it's got to be really difficult what he's going through. And, you know, he's he's been a coach for many, many years. He's been a very successful coach. He's coached in the national, national championship, championship game. Yeah. And so I can't imagine what he's going through. And I reached out to him just to let him know, you know, that I'm feeling sorry. You know, sorry is not the right word, but here, you know. And I want him to win every game but when they play us. And uh, I surely don't, you know. Can you imagine if we're playing for the league championship and they're playing for their only win? That would not be a situation I want to walk into on the last game of the season. So I agree with that. You know, I want them to win and get things going and and come and, and come to our place and play their butt off and we beat them by one. That would be great. Uh, Gary Gilbert, who is here with the uh, journalism department here at Oakland, some of the journalism classes in attendance. Uh, Camp February is almost here. Oakland has nine league games to play, including five at home. Seven wins seems reasonable in that. Would do you think fifteen and five will be good enough to tie for first? Seems reasonable to you, Gary. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there are many of our fans that think seven, five out of seven is bad and that, you know, fire the coach and whatever. Um, I'm just worried about beating Robert Morris, uh, in all honesty. Uh, I've talked with other coaches in the league before the season started, and they thought everybody that I coached, talked to, thought that if you go 15 and five, you'll win it outright. And that's probably true. Um, we'll see. That's probably true. If you went 15 and five, I think, I think 16 and or 14 and six will probably be a four-way tie or something like that. I, I just see that happening. It, it Maybe even 13 and seven is an eight-way tie. I mean, you just don't know. I mean, who would have thought that IUPUI would go to Fort Wayne and win? You know, when we saw Fort Wayne, they were 
they might have been the, the number one ranked team in the country that night. You know, I mean, they were so good against us. And how did how did that happen? So you just don't know what's going to happen in our league. And um, we we got to come every night. And if we don't come Thursday, we're not going to. If we don't come to play on Thursday night, they're they're going to beat us. I mean, they are. They're good enough because they rebound and they can shoot. And if our guys even think about Cleveland State before that game, we're going to lose. And they know it, and that's what I like about this group of guys. I mean, I've got a mature group of guys that want to win. They want to win. I mean, you heard Brew up here. They want to win, and they understand what it takes to win. And so I feel very confident that we'll play well Thursday. Uh, Camp, here's one from Neil from uh, Washington Township with hashtag Ask Campy. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to – I, we're not going to relive, you know, so people were heated here talking about the Lions thing before we went on the air, uh, fans of the show and everything like that. I want to ask you about it like this. How important is identity and playing to your identity? And Because I, I, I saw a clip one time of Joe Dumars talking. He said, tell me about a good team that, ha- that has zero identity. You can't. Like, teams have identities. How, how important is that, Camp? The problem with that statement is that identity of what your fans think and identity of the people that pay for the tickets and identity of the media and identity of the sports talks guys like you that are going to go on there and I I was driving a car today and I heard well that they should have gone for it that's who they've been all year that doesn't mean anything it's the identity with what's inside the locker room that's the identity. When Joe Dumars or people that have coached, played, been the general manager, built teams, that's the identity they talk about that they can't explain. Because I can talk here for three minutes on this, and half the people are going to say, oh, I'm full of crap and I don't know what I'm talking about. But if you've been in a locker room and you've been surrounded by, as what he said, we weren't going to allow the, us to lose that game. I'm going to do what I have to do to win. That's the identity that you want in a program. This grit, or there's no words on the wall that mean anything. There's n- n- that's all for media. That's all for fans. It's what the people that play believe, and it's not me. There's nothing I can do. I don't. I've never in a coaching career. I've never made a shot. I've never got to stop. We've tried to make the identity of this team is that we win with our defense. How does that become your identity? You go to Milwaukee, and with 38 seconds to go in regulation, you get a stop. And then with 30, or 33 seconds to go in regulation, you get a stop. And then with 38 seconds to go in the first overtime, you get a stop. And then you win the game in double overtime. Then they believe we won because of our defense. And they take on that identity. It's not some fictitious, we got grit, we're going to be a gamblers, we're going to do this. Those people in that locker room, they don't care about what you think or what the talk show's hosts think. They think about what those in, what is football, 53 people? Yes. What the, Those 53 people in that locker room, in our locker room, it's the 15 guys that play. And as much as I want to be part of that, I'm not. Because I, I, I'm going to, they expect me to sit there and yell at them. They expect me to s- try and create a culture. They create the culture. They accept. You got a guy that doesn't show up to practice until two minutes to go before practice, and then as soon as I say, okay, guys, I'll see you tomorrow, he's gone. 
If they allow that, that's the culture of your program. But if they grab that guy by the jersey and say, get your ass here 20 minutes before and get your shots in, and then you, where are you going? You stay here. You get in the weight room and you go to work. You don't stand in the corner in the weight room. That's where your culture is built. That's where your identity becomes. And that, Dumars is right. It's the biggest thing you can have with your team. You can't win without an identity. But it isn't the identity that people think. It's the identity that those 15 players view themselves. And then I have one more for you based on kind of the football stuff from the weekend. Uh And they should have kicked. (laughs) Austin, calm down. Um, (laughs) All right. I did want to ask you about this, too. and But we've talked about this in the past. Uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Lamar's probably going to win another MVP. It'll be a second-league MVP. He got the big-money contract, all that stuff. But that doesn't matter because when they announce that he's the MVP, you know what's going to happen, Camp, and you know, with the media and social media and all that kind of stuff, what they're going to say. Had, when have, was the voting take, taking place? I, I don't remember the exact date, but I know that they announced it. But it was it. before the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, they don't take the playoffs into So the account. MVP is for the regular season. Right. Absolutely. So he deserves it. They no, had no, the no. best team. And, he and, had the and, greatest year. He's the MVP. Screw what everybody says. He's the MVP. Now, what would you rather be? Would you rather You're rich. You don't it's not everybody everybody wants to be the MVP so they can get a bigger contract, contract and make more right. money. But let's that say be my angle. let's say you're all rich. You've okay. got money. All right. Would you rather be the MVP of the regular season or would you rather be the MVP of the playoffs? It's just like at the end of the regular season, we're going to have some guy screwed on the All-League team. Blake right. Lampman's not going to make it, or Trey's not going to be player of the year, or something like that. And they're not going to feel good about it. And you know what I'm going to say to them? I'm going to say, would you rather be the MVP of the regular season or the MVP of the league tournament? Because the MVP of the league tournament's playing in the NCAA tournament. Right. And when it's all said and done, there's not one person – in the next 40 years that's going to come up to you and go, were you the MVP of the Horizon League? I mean, I've, 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 I've got three kids, and I was pretty damn good. And never once has one of my three boys asked me, were you all league? Were you the MVP of the Mid-American Conference? How many points did you average or in football? How many tackles did you make? Those, I mean, those three kids, I hope they love me. I love them. <laughs> right (laughs) they grew up with me they've never asked me that and even if they did and I said hey yeah Keith I was uh man I was the MVP of uh, the Mid-American Conference which I wasn't but I'd lie and say I was right is that going to make them love me more is that going to what's that going to do for me in my life it's going to do nothing what is going to do something for me is when I go back with the team that I won a championship with in 15 years and get to stand out on the arena court again and have everybody cheer because they remember Trey Townsend, you know, ripping through in an isolation play and making a basket to, you know, or Baru getting that rebound and kicking it out to Jack and making it from half court to tie that game. The people 15 years from now are going to remember that. And that's what they're going to live their life on. And it's with their teammates and, and that goes to the culture of the identity. And so the MVP for Lamar Jackson means nothing unless he's going to get $2 million extra dollars for having it in his contract. And, uh, you know, like there are a lot of coaches that if you're coach of the year, you, you get this in your contract. Well, they asked me about that many years ago, and I said, don't you put that in my contract. I don't want a cent if I'm the coach of the year because there's never in my life do I ever even want to think about that. You know, if I'm worried or thinking about that kind of crap, I'm ruining my team. And so 
the only way anybody should ever think about that if it's monetarily, you know, something for you. Um, you're looking at me like I'm way over time here. Oh, you are. You are. Um, but, okay. no, but, but that wasn't even the question. But I think yeah. <laughs> I think you got you, – you understand how passionate I am about no, that no, kind I of know. stuff. I know. I, I, I know. I don't even think they should have all league or all tournament or all anything. I, you know what? Why? You know, why do we have all league? Why do we have MVP? Who cares? I don't. Um, what was your question? I'm thinking about asking it, but we are, like, super late. Um, That's okay. Ask it. Okay. The point of the question was going to be, so when, when it gets announced that, that he's league MVP, social media is going to fire up and, and, and everybody will kind of clown him a little bit and stuff like that because we're, we're so Super Bowl obsessed. And, and we've seen this to a degree, right? You've talked about this, that you've even had to adjust your line of thinking to a degree because it's about the NCAA tournament right now. It's not about winning a regular season title or anything like that. Do we, do we put too much on that now as a society? Because people are going to come on there, they're going to say, why, why is he MVP? He can't even win a playoff game. Do we put too much on that now, that big moment? I think their fans do. I don't, I don't, if I'm, if I'm him, I don't give a crap what anybody else thinks. Yeah, obviously. I mean, obviously, yeah. I would, what my fan base thinks. And he had a chance to leave, and he didn't. So if I'm their fan base, I'm pretty happy that he stayed. And, right. you know, there's, their fans are going to do that. I mean, your fans, in the heat of the moment, say the stupidest stuff and they believe what they're saying and they're going to rip anybody you know i mean i've seen it i've heard it i i had some guy reach out to me and told me he hopes i die of anal cancer i get i get it but why anal cancer I, you know, that's, that's I, tough I, man that's a tough one <laughs> um you know i mean that stuff happens in the heat of the moment so you you just you let it go and you understand that once they get back you know, right now, this is a period of mourning for Detroit Lions fans because they were so close to something that they've never had. And and then it'll, a week from now, they'll start, and, you know, and, and then pretty soon we're going to start thinking about the draft and we got these great players. And then next year, we wouldn't be here if we hadn't lost that game. And that fueled us. You know, it's just sports. It's what makes sports so great and interesting. The problem with social media is what you're talking about, though. I mean, it just it flames fires that should never happen okay uh greg hessen back in the studio just told me we can actually keep it for three and a half more minutes and they'll combine the two breaks so real quick let's take the final three and a half are minutes. we talking about something important here uh, now we're going to now no uh, cancer that's that true yeah um this week camp robert morris thursday want to see everybody out at the arena cleveland state saturday note the one o'clock game time on saturday afternoon the hall of honor uh, will take place on saturday night matt mcclellan well. matt mcclellan yep. ex-basketball players going in and a lot of the division one players don't want to hear this but if matt had stayed at oakland and played his last two i think he would have been an nba all-star i think he would have been the greatest player to ever play at oakland and uh matt he, we went from the transition of Division One to Division Two, and so we had that four-year period. We couldn't go to the NCAA tournament, and he got drafted by the Toronto Blue Jays. He was a pitcher, and he decided to do that, take the $7 million he got. Can you believe that? Could have played two more years for me, and instead he took $7, $7 million. $7 million. Man, yeah. That guy's crazy. Jeez, what's wrong with that guy? Matt, though, was – I mean, he was – his sophomore year, we went to the Elite Eight or – Sweet 16 or something like that in the Division II tournament. He averaged 23 points and 13 rebounds a game. I mean, think about that. Six foot eight, 
what a player he was. And he's he, you got to be something special when you're going in the Hall of Fame and you only played two years. So. Yeah, well, I'm I'm emceeing that event, so I may steal that line, Camp. I'm not going to give you any credit. You know, I, I won't. I, I won't tell anybody, Neil. I'm <laughs> right. used to it from you. Yeah, well, 100%. 100%. No, but uh, Robert Morris, as we talked about on Thursday, Cleveland State on Saturday afternoon, so a very, very quick turnaround for such a huge, huge game on Saturday. You just did it, Neil. I'm sitting here telling – got two players here telling how important Thursday is. Now you're going to talk about a huge, show, huge game show, on Saturday. Show for – show for – huge, huge game on Thursday against there Robert you Moore. Go. Let's talk there about a huge, go. huge, huge game on Thursday. Right. No, but, Camp, I, the, moral of this, the moral of the question is this. That, that's a very tight turnaround window. Yeah, but that's – you know, that's what the league does, and we've done it for years, and I think we as a staff know how to do it, and I think their coaches know how to do it too. And trust me, if, if our place is full on Saturday uh, – they won't even be feeling. They won't feel what happened Thursday night. They'll be so excited to play and, and go. And that's that's what home court's about. That's why it's so hard to win up there. Uh, you know, that's why it's hard to win anywhere. Road wins are, are jewels, man. 45 seconds left, Camp. Got anything for the, uh, for the good of the group? I would have kicked. <laughs> I would have went for it. That's right. That's why you're sitting in that spot and I'm sitting over here. Uh, but we're right next to each other, though, aren't we, Camp? So. For many, many, many years, many Neil. Many, years, man. I love it. All right, that'll do it for the Greg Campy Show. Appreciate everybody coming out. We'll be back at it next Monday, as always, at 6 o'clock right here, live from RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. It is the Greg Campy Show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Well, see you later. Here in Michigan, we're used to keeping ourselves busy all winter long. Whether that's enjoying mugs of hot chocolate by the fireplace or a late night of movie watching. And at DTE, we want to help keep that winter fun going while saving you money. With our online interactive home, you can find ways to save throughout yours, from your kitchen to your living room. Stay cozy and save. Head to DTEinteractivehome.com today. DTE. When fires, burst pipes, mold, or extreme weather impact your home or business, Belfour Property Restoration has your back. No matter the property damage emergency, Belfour is ready to respond 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year to clean up the damage and restore your property so you can start rebuilding faster. Belfour Property Restoration, restoring more than property. To find your local Belfour office, visit BELFOR.com. That's BELFOR.com to learn more. With OU Credit Union's Visa Signature Credit Card, you'll enjoy more cash back on the things you buy most. Receive 3% cash back on groceries, 2% cash back on gas, travel, and universities, and 1% cash back on everything else. You'll also receive $100 when you spend $5,000 within the first three months of card approval. Open your Visa Signature Card today at OUCreditUnion.org and start enjoying the benefits of more cash back. Full details at OUCreditUnion.org. They say one great thing leads to another. And that's especially true when you visit a Great Clips salon. When you sit down for a haircut with the skilled and friendly stylist at one of our thousands of convenient Great Clips locations, they'll not only make your hair look great, they'll make you feel great too. And that's something you can't help but share with the world. Download our online check-in app today and opt in to get a ready next text when you're up next. Great Clips. It's going to be great.